0: In my mind, you know, I, I didn't wanna I, I I didn't want to uh uh consider the fact it might be a ghost or something of that nature. Hello and welcome to Pluskin Podcast. Today I will be discussing my experience at the Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Alright, guys, due to popular demand, I decided to discuss my experience at the Waverly Hill Sanatorium located in Louisville, Kentucky. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with Waverly Hill Sanatorium, it is an old hospital that is, as I said, located in Louisville, Kentucky, that closed down in the 60s because of a antibiotic drug that came out that reduced the need for that such a hospital. Uh, a little bit of background on the hospital itself, it was opened in 1910 as a two-story hospital to, accom- to accommodate 40 to 50 tuberculosis patients. In the early 1900s, Jefferson County was ravaged by an outbreak of tuberculosis, which was then known as the White Plague, which prompted the construction of a new hospital, which is the current uh, facility that they use for their tours. And the hospital closed, as I said, in 1961 because of this drug that came out and reduced the need for them to have such a big facility. Now, the facility itself did did a lot of strange experiments on its patients to try and cure tuberculosis. One of them was much like a a tanning bedroom, but it was used um, with lights such as a heating lamp, as you would see in like a McDonald's or a fast food chain that you know, they put the food under heat, it. it was much like that, and they thought that UV rays would help cure tuberculosis. Now, in some cases, as I learned, that tuberculosis that's close to the, like, to the skin or the joints, it can be known to help but not cure it, but they didn't know that back then, so they did a lot of strange things uh, in, in a way to try and cure these patients of such illnesses. There's so many different stories that happened in that sanatorium, and I will try my best to remember most of them that I was, that stuck out to me. But there were so many different things that happened. The, the, the building itself is, about, is four floors tall, and each floor has numerous encounters. Now, the building itself is very well known with... Ghost hunting shows like Scariest Places on Earth, Ghost Adventures, and most popularly, Ghost Hunters. TAPS went out there back in, I believe, 2000, 2001, and did a overnight stay and live um, haunt ghost uh, hunt. And I remember them showing that on Halloween. It was their first big Halloween overnight. And um, it's funny because the people that they interviewed in the episode were actually still working there. And I got to see and meet a couple of them. And it was it was interesting because uh, they had it, the episode playing on a screen in the the waiting room uh, for the tours. Now the waiting room was literally a laundry room for the sanatorium. They they converted into a gift shop and bathroom and meeting area before the tours start, because it's a separate building from the hospital and it's connected through an underground tunnel which I was lucky enough to go under there were two tour groups that went into the hospital one went through one side and they went outside and up some stairs on the side of the building whereas my group took an opposite more of a longer route where we went under in a tunnel area that is connected to the uh, washroom the laundry room and it goes underground and then comes up into the basement of the hospital and our tour guide was actually very knowledgeable. He had been there pretty much from the beginning of this family that had bought the hospital and converted it into a an attraction, basically. And mostly that's what that hospital does now, is they have their guided tours, they have their paranormal tours, which are eight hours long, and you can be there all night and bring your recording equipment and audio equipment and do your own ghost hunting experiments. But I did one of the uh, guided tours, which is only two hours long, And you can't uh, record stuff, you can't use flash photography, but you can take pictures. And I did take some, and most of them came out too dark, so I had to delete them. I took them in the computer and tried to clean them up some, but for the most part, you couldn't really see anything at all. So I had to scrap a lot of them, but some of the best pictures... I posted on my Facebook page, and you can see those there, or my Instagram account if you follow me at pluskin23. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, I took some. There is one image that stands out to me, and it is of a room. It's one of the, it's on the fourth floor, and it's of a one of the uh, bedrooms. And the way the the hallway is con- uh, designed is it has basically it's like three hallways connected uh, to like uh, horizontally. And there's walls in between each of these hallways, but there and there's doorways between each of the on each of the walls. And um, in the middle, basically in that middle hallway, those were dedicated uh, bathrooms or small closets. And on the other side was the outside wall, and it had big open. It was like a terrace and a big open area. Which um, I, he explained to us that it never had windows there. That they they kept it open. And then on the inside, they had the rooms where the patients would on the, the far end hallway is where the patients would stay. So all these hallways were kind of connected with big open doorways. And as we went through the fourth floor, I, I snapped a picture, uh, you know, as I was going through, I snapped a lot of pictures. And one of them uh, I went back and looked at and it's all you can see is the, the um, frame of the window with the moonlight coming in. And It was, let me say, it was a perfect night last night for this tour because it was a full moon And because there's no um, man-made light in the building except for one string of Christmas lights, which is in the main stairwell for people to see coming up the stairs, it's completely pitch black. So the fact that we had the moonlight really added to the atmosphere and helped with us being able to see a lot of the things that happened. So that, that was really cool, and that just added to the eerie atmosphere of the building itself. But the picture I snapped is facing the outside wall. So you have, in the very background, you have a window that is just outside. And then there are shadows coming in. And in one of the corners of the window, it looks kind of like a head shape. And then uh, when I cleaned it up a little bit, you can kind of, it looks like a face, a smiling face. Now, I'm what I consider myself a skeptical believer, meaning that... I don't go into a place assuming that there are ghosts there, that there are spirits there. I go into it with an open mind to be proven that there are, and I want to find proof and evidence, but I'm not going to assume that a place has activity. Now, I will go on record right now and tell you that I believe that I witnessed many things happen at this hospital on this tour. Um, one of them I will tell you about here in a little bit but right now for the picture it was just like i said i saw that picture afterwards and not only did i see it because i remember when i took it i saw the image and when i posted the image to a group chat with the friends that i went with another one of my friends picked up on the same thing that i saw so if it's a trick of the light or just the way the camera is it's it's just it's perfectly captured in that sense to where it looks like it but if it isn't and it is something, that is very cool that I actually was able to catch something on camera to have and say, here this is. And as far as the rest of the pictures go, I've looked through them, and I need to go through with a fine-tooth comb and just look at all the different shadows and corners and see if I can find anything. But for the most part, they're just really good pictures of this of this building. Um, So there's that image, and if you want to find it, again, you can find it on my Instagram account. I will post it, or um, you can find it on my Facebook page, or I will will tweet it out whenever I post this podcast, so you can look for it there, too. Now, the tour started for us, like I said, in the tunnel. We went from the laundry room through this tunnel, and then we stopped in the collecting room where he, it was a hallway where they would bring all the dirty clothes down an elevator, and he said, all right, this is where the tour starts, this is where we're going to begin. And we, from there, went up steps, and he would take us to various different locations that had um, very specific stories to it. And, like I said, I don't think I'll be able to remember all of them, because there was so so much stuff that happened there. But some of the best things that stood out to me was just, there was was one area that we stopped at where he mentioned that a, a nurse had hung herself now a lot of people that have are aware of uh, Waverly Hills are aware of this story it's room 502 and many people believe that she had hung herself it was a ba- 502 is a bathroom people believe that she had hung herself in there which is false the truth is she actually hung herself in the hallway right outside where we were standing and he didn't tell us that until we were there and of course he made it seem like now this is where my skepticism comes in but again this is just part of the tour and it's something that he says um, but when we walked in there, everybody kind of formed a semicircle around where she had hung herself and he was standing at, uh, against the wall and he said, I just want to point out that this is where she hung herself. And every tour I bring here, the people just naturally collect in a semicircle around it that I don't lead you here to, I just say, come in this room, fill this room in. And everybody naturally just makes a circle around where it happened. He said, I don't know if it's an energy thing or people just have a weird vibe about it. But it always happens when we're in this area. Now, again, it could have just been the way that he, you know, shepherded us in and we just naturally filled in the room like that just based on human nature. But it, it could be something supernatural to it. But the fact that it happened is still kind of a neat thing that it was perfectly right there in the center of us where she had hung herself. And there was a pipe that was originally that that was no longer part of the um, ceiling that had you know, had since it fallen apart. Because this building is, in a sense, rotting away. It is falling apart Constantly, and they are constantly updating it and fixing it, which is why they do these tours because the money that they raise for the tours and the events that they do, they use for reconstruction and, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, to maintain the building, which is wonderful. They are a charity, that's what they're using their money for. They're not a profit um, business, they are there to fix that building and preserve it as a historical site. And it's just neat, the events that they do. I know that he mentioned in uh, November, I believe, they're doing a quote-unquote Walking Dead themed uh, tour. And they can't call it the Walking Dead because they don't have the rights from AMC. But it's going to be a Walking Dead themed um, kind of party. And you can come as, you know, your favorite characters and all that stuff. So that's kind of neat, a free plug for them. And, um, and also, I didn't know this, they do a Christmas laser light show, which I'm going to try to check out because it sounded really neat because they project a laser light show on the back wall of the actual facility. Um, so, okay, so back to the scary stuff. So that was one story that really stood out to me and it was, it was kind of eerie to be in that a moment and think, well, wow, a person had hung herself right here and here we are surrounding this area and he's telling us about it um then we left and went to another room that i remember it was actually in the ghost hunters episode there was a little boy that had died in the hospital his name they had come to call him timmy i believe i don't think that was his real name that was just the name that's kind of been given to him and uh, people will bring him toys and balls and things like that so he can play with and when we went through the tour there were various spots where i could see People had laid plastic roses and flowers on certain spots, because they, they do allow you to bring stuff like that, and it's kind of a neat um, thing to do, and I, I'm, I'm sure what they do is after a couple of weeks or whatever, they probably replace them or take them out or whatever, but Timmy, they you know people bring balls for him, and they say that these balls will roll around the hallways, and they do what's known as the ball test, where you take a piece of tape, and you put it on the floor, and you put the ball on the tape, and a camera facing it, and then you leave the room and see if it moves. Now, if you want some extra protection from the elements, say like this, that building had no, really no windows in it at all. And most of the doors were open or or broken or had holes in them. So there was a big draft in a lot of the rooms. And he said to make sure that if the ball were to move and you're not just catching the wind from it, put uh, lighters on each corner of the uh, north, south, east and west of the camera and if it flickers, because because of the wind, you know the wind blew it. And if it if they stand still and it's moving, then you know for a fact that it was a, a some kind of um, entity that was moving it, whether it be a ghost or whatever, whatever have you. So that was kind of a neat thing that they had this uh, Timmy story that happens um, on another floor. There was, um, and I think this is on the top floor of the building on the roof, basically, and there were. Um, these twins that had died, uh, both of tuberculosis, one died before the other. And they said that if you go there, and if you're, uh, this really only happens when you're there for the overnight, like it's early in the morning, like 2 or 3 a.m., when it's really dark and really quiet. And they say that they have ghost hunters come in all the time and catch the same EVP every single time, and they always get them emailed back to them. And it's just the woman or one of the entities whispering the other one's name and they say they believe that it's her looking for her sister which is again I, if i would if i were to catch that I, that whew, man like that would throw me over the edge right there cuz and i got i got pushed to my limit a little bit in this one area and that was on the fourth floor and that was to me one of the best experiences i had on that floor uh, or in that entire tour it was one of the last stops that we had and it was a, uh, it was a hall, like we got, we came up to the fourth fourth floor, we were in the stairwell and he stopped us at a big metal door and he told us this door, he, you know, he told us this door is very easy to open. There's no handle on it, but there's no window in the, there a lookout window in it. So you can just, he took his finger, kind of hooked it and pulled it and it just, just slid right open it no effort at all that it just opens up naturally. Like it's not, it doesn't drag, it didn't even barely make a noise and he said that back in the 80s when the very early days of the hospital opening there were a lot they have a lot of people that trespass all the time and they say they still have people trespassing so they have put cameras all over the building and the owners have actually moved on site to constantly watch these cameras and keep people from coming into the building and so this was way before that, back, like I said, back in the 80s, in the early, early days of it, before they had a website and they had guided tours. They just had people show up and give them money and then take them through. And it was, they, I think he said it was like midnight or, or a little bit later, and the tours were wrapping up, and everybody had cleared out of the building. They were just standing outside, the staff was, and, you know, kind of settling down, getting ready to go home, and they heard, a, like, a screaming coming from the building. And he said they, they, they got in, they fanned out, and they f- eventually found... The door that they were yelling from and, and behind, and of course they opened. They just pulled the door wide open. But um, he said the, the he said it was weird because when people were uh, in there and they experienced something, they always run. You know, they always try to leave. And this person, these these, I think they said there were three boys, and they didn't run. They were still in the room, and they had a a small hatchet, handheld hatchet, with them, and that's how they broke into the building. And on the door itself, there were. Many hatchet marks in the metal where they were trying to get out of the door, and it, you could—they t- were deep in the door, so it was very much uh, stuck. And he said, "Why? Did, what was happening?" And they said they wouldn't let us leave. They wouldn't let us leave. And he said, "What would?" And he said, "The shadow people." And that man—that was—that was frightening enough. Then we went into the hallway, and he stopped us for a minute. And right at that moment, before he even said anything, we had—we had, everybody was still filing into the room. Uh, like I said, there was three hallways, kind of, and they're all connected, and there's no doors. So the moonlight was just shining right through in the hallway. So you could see four or five beams of moonlight coming across the hallway. And I know for a fact I saw something in the far corner. I'm getting, like, goosebumps now talking about it because, man, it was something else, that entire experience. Back in the far corner in the last door, it it, it looked like what well, looked like somebody was walking across the doorway. Just a shadow just moved across the doorway. And it moved from one door... And there, and it crossed another door, and then I didn't see it again. It didn't come to the third closest door to us, so it stopped. And I remember thinking, "Is there someone?" Is because I thought maybe it was just one of the the tour guides, or just one of the, maybe the, the other tour is leaving. Because I wasn't sure it worked. And he told us when he started, he said, "Now we're we're in here now. There's nobody, you know, behind us. This entire floor is empty except for us right now." So then I was like, "Oh no, I know I saw something." And about that time, again, in the very back on the end of the hallway at the doorway, I saw what looked like a big, shadowy uh, figure move across the hallway. And that was insane. So then he said, now we're going to look for shadow people. And uh, and since he hadn't mentioned that's what we were going to be doing in that hallway or that was what that floor was known for, and I had already seen two, that really made this next part even more unsettling to me. Uh, eventually he asked uh, for a a volunteer and one of my friends uh, who was in our group uh, raised her hand he picked her and he said "All right, I want you to stand right here in front of the group and walk down the hallway by yourself and that, I really wanted to do it but I would be so um, eerie about doing it it would be so um, just it would be unworldly even if I didn't see anything, the fact that I would know that there was something coming or that was around me that I had seen would just throw me off. So she walked down the hallway, and as she did, she passed one of the doorways. And many people in the group saw this, and before, and I was thinking it. And one and another person that was in my friend group said it out loud. She passed the second doorway as, as she was walking, and there was something in the doorway that, that leaned out and came back out and leaned out again. And it, it kind of looked like someone was standing with one foot in the hallway and one foot in and kind of halfway out, like peering out. And they would kind of peek in and out. That was just, it was so unworldly to me to see, I actually say, because I've always heard about you ghost, uh, or um, shadow people, I've always heard about that experience, but I've never seen it myself. And the fact that everybody was seeing this, and there's no way that there was anybody in there they could fake it, because eventually we did go through that hallway as a group, and as I walked, I made sure I looked into each of these rooms to make sure there wasn't something hidden or a way out, and all these rooms have one entrance, and there's nothing in there. So that was unsettling. And then when you got to the hallway, like she passed the hallway. You could see two or three coming behind behind her and following her, and then darting off into the other ends of the hallways. And then when she got to the end of the hallway, there was one behind her. And and when she raised her arms up, her arms looked like they were really long. And he can, he called that the Freddy Krueger effect because in the you know in the first movie when he raises his hands and he walks down the alleyway, and he said that's just something that these uh, shadow people do is they will just if you hold your arms out they would just extend further past your arms and kind of become an extension of you in a way kind of imitating you and these shadow people are for the most part harmless unless you're a threat which none of us were and those boys that had broken in obviously were which is why they kept them into that room and so they're just curious free moving entities that follow and you know see people and you can't look directly at them because I know uh, one of my friends that was with us he just, you know, he's the guy, our tour guide said, there are going to be some of you that just won't be able to do it. Um, and it kind of like when you see those um, images, one of those like blurry images, can you see the sailboat? And it's he said, there's just some people that just can't get it right away. And I was fortunate enough to do it. And the way he said the best way to do it is look around with your eyes, uh, constantly moving, constantly blinking, never look in one spot. And if you see one, don't look directly at it because then you, it'll, it'll fade away use your peripherals, and that's kind of what I did, is my eyes were constantly darting around the room, and looking at different spots, and that's how I saw so many of them, I know I saw a good four or five, um, and I saw those four or five multiple times throughout the entire experience, because he took four volunteers to do the same thing each time, and each time, it was kind of the same thing, one guy went down there, and came back, and they weren't as curious about him, because this guy was Kind of eccentric and very loud. And, you know, he was like, I want to do it. I want to do it. And he ran down the hallway and kind of ran back. So it, that one, I knew that if they were shadow people, they probably weren't going to come at him because he was just being obnoxious. But my friend and the other woman that went down there and the other man that went down there, they went slowly, which is what our tour got said to do, and just be calm and come back. And, but they were, they were moving around. And that was something that really just told me that there is something happening, or at least to the extent of shadow people there, because I did see them. Multiple people saw it. Uh, my friend definitely saw it, and we saw the same ones, and that was just... That was crazy to me. I, I can't believe that... Because, again, when I walked in there and I saw that, and then he told us that's what we were looking for, my skepticism kind of went out the window, because how... Did I, I, I did not know that's what we were looking for, and the fact that I saw it, and then I saw so many, that was something else then we went down the hallway and passed uh the room where the shadows are and we got to another floor where he mentioned there was an elevator shaft and right next to the elevator shaft there's a room that's kind of l-shaped where it goes right next to the elevator and then behind it and then he said on the other end there was just a shelf and a window and when we got there uh he stopped us and he said now this is where the only murder that i'm very aware of that happened here or uh, since the hospital had closed and what it was was there was a um old, I think he said a Vietnam veteran had just, uh, he had probably had PTSD. He was an older gentleman who just lived in the building. This was back before they had bought it and cleaned it up. It was full of trash and graffiti and he just wanted to be left alone there. He just lived there with his, I think he said he had a big German shepherd. And um, he said they found the body of the man. They don't know who killed him um, but they found the body of the man in the bottom of the elevator shaft with his eyes cut out. And he was just down there dead. So I'll tell you that story to tell you what happened years later. And he said years later when they started doing the tours, they didn't mention that to anybody because, again, that was a real murder that happened not when the hospital was open, but that happened very you know close to bef- uh, before the tours happened. So they didn't want to say, oh, very recently a man was murdered here, and now we're walking around. But this guy uh, who was there, you know, he said there was a girl and a guy, and the girl was there because she wanted to be, and the guy was obviously not having any of it. So... He came in, and the guy was mentioning the story of the shadows, and the guy went through the door, and before the tour guide told him to come back, don't enter that room, just because they want to keep everybody together, they want people wandering around, he said the man screamed and ran out and bounced into the wall, and then him and what they call the caboose, which is the end of the tour, which is another guy that kind of shepherds people along, came up to him and asked him, they said the first question they ask you is, have you taken anything, whether it be drugs or medication or what, and he said, no, I'm not on anything, and then are you drunk? What did you see? And he said he saw, He was when he walked in that room, right outside the window, he saw a tall man with bushy blonde hair and a black trench coat. And he said when the man turned around to look at him, he didn't have any eyes. And that freaked him out. And of course he ran out and he said, that guy could have not known that that murder happened there because it wasn't publicly advertised. It wasn't broadcast anywhere. It just happened. And the fact that that guy knew about it was eerie enough, so that that was just scary. Um, another one, he was on the same floor. There was a room where they were doing a tour, and this was an earlier tour, probably the 7 o'clock tour, where there's still sunlight. And so I would love to go back and do a tour then because and try to take some pictures with more natural light to see if I can get shadow people on uh, film. So... He uh, said that they were doing the tour, that they were wrapping up and leaving, and a guy turned around, and snapped one more picture of the room. And when he got home and developed them, he sent it to them, and they use it now as a, they have it like on a magnet. They have it on their website. It's just the room, and there's like a blurry, just shadowy figure standing in the foreground in the doorway. And he said they looked at it, and it kind of looks like a woman with a bun and a clipboard and a long black dress. But they said they think it's the spirit of a nurse, or that's what they that's kind of how they've uh, um, described it, looking as and uh i'm upset because i had bought a magnet this 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 is just me going off for a minute but i bought a magnet in their gift shop and i lost it and i'm very upset about it cuz i wanted to put it on my fridge and it's just it's just gone so whatever i did get a t-shirt and that's really cool but uh, anyway so that image was really scary and he said that that is one of their most famous uh, captures and another one that they showed us Uh, We went up on the, again, we were on the top floor and we were in the, at the very end of each of the hospital. It's kind of shaped like a, um, well, I won't say a C because it's not rounded, but it's got like a main hallway and then two kind of side hallways that kind of branch off. And on the end of those side hallways is a big open room area where they would have, uh, it was kind of like a, a, like a medical facility where they'd keep, they had like eight beds on each of the walls facing outwards. And that's kind of where they had patients and stuff sit when they were treating them with the nurses and everything before they went to their room. And uh, there was a woman in there that was standing against the window. And there's not a, a balcony outside. There's no glass. There's just it's just a drop off. And they were standing against the window. And they took a picture. And this was back when they had film pictures. They didn't have like digital cameras. So when they got the pictures developed, they looked at them. And there's one image of it's, it's it's two people that took the picture, but there's a third face in between them. And it's clear as day. It looks like a woman's face, kind of looking side at the camera. And all you see is her face. You don't see a hair. You don't see hair. You don't see shoulders, neck. You just see the face like between them and that was a very unsettling image they showed us they walked around to show it like they had a picture on their phone and that was freaky too because I, I can't imagine how you would feel like being in the moment and having that picture like now if you had a digital camera and you saw that that would be creepy but seeing it afterwards like days or hours afterwards you've left and then knowing that you've had that image captured would be something else man it was It was eerie, and then, of course, we went to the ER, and when we got to the ER, there's a door in there that has kind of a pressure lock on it. When you press it, it makes like a rumbling noise and then slams shut, and when they were doing a, they were filming a show in there, he said a few years ago, I think it was, not Ghost Adventures, but one of those ghost hunting shows. They were in there, and they were recreating, it was one of those ghost hunting shows that kind of does recreations. Uh, like period recreations where they just, while they tell the story and stuff, they have uh, actors and act stuff. And it was, there were people in there getting, you know, make up and getting some stuff on to do it. And that, the guy was, a guy was leaning against the back door and that rumbling happened and it slammed shut. Now you can't, there's no way to do that unless you're actually in the room and force it to do that. And also it drags. So it, like, like when he, when the tour guide closed the door, you could hear it just scraping across the floor so it wouldn't slam shut like that and he said that it slammed so hard that that was something that it's not natural that could happen in there because it is such a hard door to close and the hinges are really rusty so uh after that happened the makeup artist went down to the second floor and wouldn't go back up there so they had to go down there get their makeup on and then go back to the to the top floor to film it um and then after we left there uh, he took us to the morgue and the morgue has a, uh, he said, in it, there, there were like gurneys and some um, um, uh, operating tables, but those are there for their haunted house they do. They just have those props in there for whenever they do that in October, and that's where they store them. But the um, body ch- uh, trays, I can't think of what they're called, just the big coolers that they put bodies on are real, and they're very much original. They're still broke, they're broken, so they can't put people on them anymore, but it's still the original uh, body trays tray that they slide out and he said they ha he said he's never experienced it but he has video proof and knows that there are two guys that have had it happen where he sits a- you sit a flashlight down and you ask questions and see if it make the flashlight flicker and that's a very simple ghost hunting um test that you can do on your own and he said he's had it happen on the fifth floor or the yeah the top floor but um uh, and he said that was he said it's something else like if you ever experience that it will change your mind about how things work because you know flash like that that don't just like like led flashlights they don't just flicker like that they have to you either have to press the button or change the circuit to do that so um but he said he's never had it happen in that room but it does happen down there and he tried to do it and it didn't it didn't work but if it did i, I know me and a couple of my friends would have just run out of there because it would have been uh completely unsettling then after we left the morgue we went down to the basement which is where the body shoot is and the body chute is an under it's uh, outside the building underground and it's connected and it's basically a long hallway that has a slide or like a, it's like one side of the hallway is uh, like just one flat surface that they would just slide bodies down and then there's just like a small stairwell that's very narrow that goes all the way down to the bottom and we got to go about halfway down and take a picture and that itself was eerie because he said there were so many bodies that because eventually the, the morgue was very small. And it got so bad that they had to turn one of the end open areas into a um, temporary morgue, to the, so they could get all the bodies that they were that were dying of the tuberculosis in and out of the facility, and then they would send them down that body chute. And then at the body chute, there's just a big open area where they would take them and, and load them up and send them to their graves and stuff. But uh, being in that just that underground small area was just I didn't experience anything, but just knowing that you were in there was something else. I mean, you may, maybe you could feel something or just in the air, um, but it was it was eerie in its own right. And then, of course, uh, there was a bat down there and uh, there was a guy taking a picture and then of a sudden the bat jumped off the wall and flew away and that was kind of a funny little thing that happened, but then we left and that was the tour. I mean, of course, there were a lot more um, stories that had happened on this tour, but those were the few that really stood out to me. And then the shadow people moment, well, that was the real big moment of the night so it was like i said it was something else it was an experience i definitely want to go back again i want i would love to do the um eight hour paranormal investigation which is an overnight and you don't have a tour guide he's the 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 tour guide is there but basically as a chaperone to make sure that you're not you know doing anything illegal or breaking anything that you're just there you know doing your thing and you have free roam of the hospital, you can ask questions, you can do all the EVP work, anything you want to do, and you're there all night. Uh, but it's like a $1,000 to do that, and that would be something that I'd really have to save if I wanted to. But they have another one that's a six-hour, and it's a guided paranormal investigation, which I assume is, um, and I need to read more on it, but it's $75, but you have, it's the same thing, you can record and do EVP work, and stuff like that, but it's only six hours long, and uh, I think you have specific location that you can do it in. Like, you don't have as much free range as you would normally. So I, that's really something that I want to look into doing. Because I, And if, if not, I would love to just go back and do another guided tour. Um, preferably one during the 7, like the 8 o'clock that they do. They do one at 8 and they do one at 10. We did the 10 o'clock one, and that one was creepy because it was so dark. But the 8 o'clock one would be good because I'm sure with all the natural light, it might actually be easier to capture something on film. Uh, since you wouldn't have to use a flash or um, anything like that. So that was the experience I had at Waverly Hill Sanatorium. Again, it was something I'll never forget. It is something that I definitely want to go back and try to experience a second time. Um, and if you are interested in anything like that, um, paranormal or just history in itself, because I do a historical tour, uh, it is very much something you should look into. Their website is just Waverly Hill Sanatorium. You can go there, get your tickets online, print them off, and then you're on the list and you go up there 30 minutes early and uh, get to go and do all that fun stuff. So that's Plissken Podcast for this week. Thanks for listening. And remember, kids, I ain't afraid of no ghost.